Hi, I'm Scott Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the GAF Podcast. This podcast is for professionals who want to work in the advisory space. It's a series of conversations and essential frameworks to give better advice. It's the stuff they don't teach you at uni. It's where value sits. So buckle in, volume up, let's go. In this podcast, I talked to Paul Crane, Master Coach in Financial Services, on how to position yourself. We talk price and value and why advisors don't charge enough. Stay tuned, this is a ripper. Welcome to the GAF Podcast. My name's Scott Fitzpatrick. So good to have Paul Crane here, super coach. Great Thanks. to be here. Not a bad spot to be in either your boardroom in Coolangatta. It's a pretty good spot. Let's move into this because I'm excited about this one today. We're going to talk about positioning. We're going to talk about valuing ourselves and the fees that we charge. Yeah, look, this is a, a great, great topic and one that is, I guess, really high top of mind for a lot of particularly advisors with, with the current environment. And, and I guess from our point of view, having been doing what we do for a long time, you know, I've had a lot of lessons around it. And uh, so it'd be good to share some of the success stories and some of where we could have done things a bit differently. Yeah, I think the backdrop of this is, you know, for those of us who've been around for a while, we've gone from being in sales, we've gone into an industry of advice, and now we're moving towards a profession. Yes. And, and we talked earlier before we started the podcast, it's, you know, we're not selling a, a, a tangible product. So if you're selling a laptop, it's pretty easy. The laptops, you know, you can see them, touch them. Uh, when we're selling advice it's 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 intangible so with that comes challenges because ultimately you're selling yourself as well as obviously your brand and, and positioning and with that comes some challenges and also opportunities so let's walk through this positioning thing because i often hear you say you only get one chance at this when you're with a new mr prospect yeah your know, positioning is it's a bit like you know we've all heard of the comment you know people make up or make judgment within a few seconds of meeting you. So, you know, as, as a business, you know, positioning is is making sure they feel like they're in the right room with the right person that they feel comfortable with and can help them if they're looking for help around particular things. So it's everything from, you know, if you get to a meeting late, well, you're probably already, <laughs> they're starting to question, you know, reliability and trust probably has dropped. Or if you get there flustered and not, you know, all over the place. That's not not a great impression to, to have. So it's everything from, you know, your mannerism, your language, your energy, you know, all these things have an impact. So it's not just the words, you know, would have heard 7% of impact of communication of the words. The rest of it's, it's energy and all the non-verbals, which is obviously the way you dress, the way you look, and your energy is a big piece of that. So let's let's just look at this then. Because I'm big on this positioning piece that you only, you know, you have a really lovely prospect sitting in front of you. And let's let's make it easy for me in the advice world. It could be a very successful client. They've got some money to invest. They're financially disorganised. So they're, you know, a great target client for them, for me, sorry. And if I'm sitting there and I go, oh, we look after thousands of clients, 
And uh, we deal with social security right through to, you know, uh, very wealthy clients. I probably haven't positioned myself very well. No, or oh, we're really good at investing. We love people with lots of money. We love, we're really good at investing because it, it may not, A, you probably put them off because you, they're not in the right room. And secondly, it, it may not be the, the thing that highest top of their mind. Uh, it could be, I need just to get really well organised. I've got all sorts of business succession issues. So if you go straight into explaining what you do without understanding enough about the person you're with, you know, it's good to be able to tailor it and, and make it applicable to them. So how do we do positioning well? Is it something we practice? Is it something we need to script out? Is it something, or is it a whole process from someone when the client walks into the door with a total experience they're going to have? Well, I say you know, positioning as a framework, I, the context is focused, so it has an impact on everything you do in your business. So obviously the way your office looks, who you employ, how people talk, your, your website, everything's got to be aligned. So if you're premium, well, it makes sense to have a, a fairly premium office. Uh, people not walking around in board shorts and thongs, probably not a good look if you're premium. And you, know, you wouldn't have plastic cups in the boardroom. So it's everything you do. But at the end of the day, positioning is also what people are saying about you. Uh, and I don't like scripts. I don't like people just verbalising. I like key words that you can create stories around and it's flexible. So you can apply it. It's going to be different to talking to a potential set of influence, to a client, and even different clients. You may tailor it a little bit to, to suit the, uh, the person you're talking to, suit to what they're looking for. Yeah, in our business, we like to talk around when I'm with a, with a new client, what do you do? Well, it's typically three things we do from protecting assets, um, helping them make smart financial decisions, sitting on the family board. We have low client numbers in the business. We're very relationship orientated. Yeah. So, yeah, and I like your three keywords, which is, you know, we, we provide people with direction. So that can be direction in their business, direction in their family, direction in, in where they're going as a couple, where they are now, where they want to be. Uh, and then make sure we surround you with the capability. So the capability can be helping improve your capability around certain aspects. It can be helping provide, you know, making sure you've got the right, what we call best of, best of breed team, the right specialists around them to help them with all that. And ultimately what that gives them is confidence. So confidence that they're on track, confidence they've got some clarity around where they're going, confidence around they've got the right people around them. And the comps to make more informed decisions or bounce ideas off that uh, gives them you know, a peace of mind at the end of the day going, oh, okay. Because a lot of the clients you work with have got, you know, they're, they're fairly successful people. It's not always around money. It's around, you know, it can be their, their business and how do I get out of the business? So I'm working, I'm earning lots of money, but I'm, I've got no life. Or I've got relationship, I've got, my kids don't see me. Or So we've got to just listen and tailor the, the, the positioning around that. Very good. So if we move on from the, the positioning part of it, let's, let's go to this price versus value. Yeah, look, this is something I've certainly got a lot better at and, and, and actually enjoy having conversations around pricing. Um, because if people are, are fixated on price, it, it, it means that, that you haven't either articulated your value well enough or they don't understand it. So, you know, when people start uh, talking, fixate on price, going, okay, well, price and value are two different things. Price is what you pay and value is what you get. So again, with positioning, 
the value isn't what you do, the value are the outcomes you provide. And I think a lot of people forget that. So, you know, they talk about what they do, how much time they're going to spend, all of that's actually irrelevant. It's actually the outcomes you provide. That's great. I really like that. I might steal that off you if I could. It's the outcomes you provide. It's yes. not what you're physically doing for yeah. them, it's the outcome. Yeah, that's ultimately, uh, and, and sometimes I think it's easy because we're with clients so much, we work with them over three or four years. We don't actually sit back and look at where they were and where they are now and look at the incredible value provided over that time. Uh, I got quite emotional actually with a, a client I've been working for four years, uh, uh, accounting practice, fantastic people. And it was their kind of annual strategy day with all their staff. And I got up and some of the new partners are running the, the session. And, and they've been through a lot and, and fantastic culture. And, and I was just seeing there looking at far out. You know, some of these people weren't even on the radar to be partners. And now they're up here running the day. And, and it was quite emotional. And I, I realised there's been a lot of progress made. Mm. And sometimes because you're there you know, every month and over time, you forget the actual journey that they've been on and it was was really, and they acknowledged me, it was, was wonderful. Yeah, I think it's probably a shortcoming of our industry. And I keep saying industry, I'd love to be sitting here saying a profession, that we haven't tracked very well what we've done for people oh, I'm guilty over, of over the time and over the years. Yeah, yeah. And it's not and putting it in their face all the time, but it's stopping and acknowledging both parties. You know, I acknowledge them about the journey and then we realise well I've been part of that as well um, and it's it's really yeah and I care about them I think that's what came through which uh, and it wasn't planned it was kind of unexpected actually the emotions coming up but uh, I think that's a big part of it and I, and I say to people we talk about with positioning it's you get one chance it's playing equal status with clients explain and, that yeah so often we're very good at getting what the client expects of us. So we're pretty good at setting expectations with the client. What we don't do well enough often is for us to explain the expectations we have of them. So this is, this is a partnership. I don't work for you, we work together. And so by that I mean, so for me, I, I say to clients, and I third party it. So I say, look, the clients I love working with and the clients who get the best outcome from what I do, uh, they have to be open, they have to be don't mind being challenged. I call they got to be coachable. Uh, in your words, they're probably they, they're advisable. <laughs> yeah, they're good at taking advice. Yep. Uh, you know, we, we respect each other. Uh, you know, if you, if you need to change a time, you give me plenty of warning. You don't just don't call me the day before and say, "Look, I've got to change your plans." That kind of doesn't work for me. So I also say to clients, um, my phone's off a lot. So when I'm with clients, I actually turn my phone off. So are you okay if you call me and I don't pick the phone up straight away? And if, if they go, no, I want you to, well, this is not going to work. So it's really important we set boundaries and expectations of both, both ways. And I call that playing equal status. And obviously that's something to do at the start of the relationship. Yeah, you can't you... do it three months down the track. What are you calling me for? Uh, so it is, it's really important. And, and I, I, clients actually like it. I say, does that sound reasonable to you? And they go, no, that's fair. Okay, cool. So if you do call me and I don't get straight away, back, back to you straight away, uh, you won't get cranky. No. And, and most people are pretty okay with that. It's just 
setting boundaries. You know, don't call me at seven or eight o'clock at night unless it's like critical because I'm not going to answer the phone. Uh, I have boundaries too. Yeah, well, I like to say to clients, you know, are you advisable? Do you need advice? And why now? Yeah, why now? Yeah. And if we sit here in 12 months' time, three years' time, what are the things you want to achieve or what are the outcomes you want that we can see you going, that was fantastic, that was worth every cent? And get really clear on that. I'll write those down and sometimes make sure that it's still the ones they want. Yes, they sometimes can change. I remember you used to say to me, you know, when your best client rings you at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon, are you in control of the business or is the business in control of you? <laughs> yes. Unless you actually, I did have a client who said, can I call you on a Friday? They were in the second brick wall, for those who know the stages model. So going through a lot. And uh, they just wanted to sort of unload the week just for me to listen. And I remember years later, I actually said, um, they knew where I lived. And I said, there's a place called Hastings Point, Hastings Point, which is a beautiful spot to sit, watch the whales go by. I said, that's where I used to sit when I used to listen to you. <laughs> it just helped. It helped and he, he didn't want advice. He just needed someone he could trust. I'd rather him vent to me than those in his business. And um, it wasn't always venting. It was, was good. It was a good conversation. That's a really good, nice piece, though, because I, I look at that, you know, where does value sit? And for me, I'm very clear with clients that, when they bring me into their world or into their tent, then I'm emotionally and physically vested in that relationship. Yeah, I, it's one of the few times I've said it, but I'm going to say it more regularly. I had a, a client I've just I've started working with and, and uh, it was an interesting one around price. Um, you know, I saw the client on the Friday and explained um, what I could do for them and they, were, oh, they really liked that and we talked about price and that was all cool. And... Uh, Anyway, I sent them a proposal on Friday and I, my first session was on the Wednesday. And the uh, first thing, that, one of the th- things they said to me was, um, oh, look, um, my partner actually saw you, my, your, your proposal and he said, you're very expensive. And again, it's not reacting. I was really calm. I went, oh, that's, that's interesting. I said, um, a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, you work in high-end areas and you use high-quality Finishes, she goes, yeah, and you know, you like nice things, nice cars, nice um, clothes. I said, are they cheap or they're they're expensive? And she, oh, they're expensive. I said, so I was cheekingly said, so what would you expect me to be any different? (laughs) I said, I'm actually reassuringly expensive. And she loved that word. She went, oh, that's good. I said, "Um, because not only at the end of the week am I mentally generally pretty tired, I'm emotionally drained because I give a lot of energy to clients. I reckon that's worth something. And she, uh, she went, oh, that, no, that's, that's fair. And she thought about it and went, that's reasonable. Um, and by the way, it also, I only saw her on the Friday and uh, she'd increased her pricing from a conversation. Yeah, so you'd given her the conference to go on. And already I said, well, I haven't even started an invoice you sent yet and, and you, you, you doubled your pricing. So if I did the numbers, which I won't, I reckon that'll pay way more than what I've charged. In fact, I think I've undercharged you. Mm. It's almost like a light bulb moment for me when we talk about this stuff is we've always been passionate about having a business with lower client numbers and higher relationships. Yes. But what comes with that territory is a lot of emotional outflow and a lot of energy out. Yeah. And so I'm very, I'm very, very clear around when I'm taking on clients that when I'm in their tent, it's emotional and physical. 
it is what we do for it. And a huge part of it is, is you know, we've taken, for those who listen to the stages model, running a business and being in business is an emotional roller coaster, dealing with people and clients and expectations and, and, and things that happen in life. So, you know, it is a, a, big, a big part of what we do. So that's why the value, I, I keep talking about value, value is value of the outcomes. And it's, it's being really clear and aligned around the value you bring to a client. So I think um, it, we get caught up in time. And I talk about if you're, it gets back to your own self, because at the end of the day, you're selling yourself. So if, if you don't value and have confidence in yourself, then the words coming out around price probably won't come out with as much confidence as they should. So, you know, we can do the business content, which is the positioning exercise. So we can then do the business context, which is, okay, now we've aligned our brand and our, I've got the, the scripting. But at the top of that is your personal context. So if your personal context, context is, I'm an okay advisor, rather than I'm a very, very good advisor. Yeah. And I want to work with you and, you want to, and we can help each other. And it's going to be a really, really good relationship and a value. I've often joked with the advisors I coach that the fee's not big enough till it gets caught in your throat, as you say it. <laughs> well, it should be caught in you. Hopefully, it's, <laughs> it's, it comes out with confidence and ease. True, true. And sometimes if they, you know, if they don't even blink, oh, maybe I did undercharge. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's you know, I think the other thing we talked about, I don't know if you mentioned in this podcast, but we sometimes it's, it's important to acknowledge along the way and look back at what we have done for the client. So um, and so, what you know? This we have many, many, many war stories about people undercharging, and then over a period of time, building up evidence, yeah, to then charge appropriately or correctly for the business that they're running. Yes, yeah. Look, a good story, and he's a very, very good advisor, and really cares about his clients. He rang me not long ago, a little concerned that his client rang him and said, "Look, I've been told to get a second opinion, you know, around pricing, and so I'm." Just letting you know, I'm going to get a second opinion. So he was like, oh my God, you know, one of his really good clients have been working with for four years and and thought, you know, he's going to come in and start either look at someone else or, or want to drop the price. So I said, well, this is a really good opportunity. What do you mean? It's a great opportunity to actually reposition with the client. And when he told me what he'd done over four years, um, you know, when he first met the client, the wife was, you know, really anxious and stressed and, uh, you know, had all the entities and, and had some tax issues and, and it was, you know, all over the place. And over the four years, actually, as he, t- he talked me through it, you know, restructured, I think he saved, you know, lots and lots of, we're talking one point something million in, in tax through the right entities and structures, investments had, had done really well. The wife was now really you know, clear, less stressed, he was a lot clearer where he was going. And when we added up <laughs> the value and his, his fees... And, and it, the outcomes. Yeah. And the outcomes, it was like, oh, my God. So he ended up going into that meeting going, look, I'm so glad you actually forced this conversation by looking at you know, getting a second opinion because it's, it's actually forced me to actually look over what we've done over the four years. And I'm really excited about taking through the outcomes we've provided <laughs> and value over the last four years. To cut a long story short... The client ended up agreeing to increase his fees when he saw the value. And, and so it was just a great, uh, I guess, example. And, and I think we're all guilty of that when a client challenges 
about our food. We go straight into fear or yep. justification rather yep. than going, hang on, let's let's talk about this and maybe maybe I'm undercharging, not overcharging. Yeah, maybe I need to get on the front foot of this conversation, not the back foot. Yes, and and it should you should be regularly checking in anyway around the client and and not every meeting obviously, but every now and then catching up and just going, how are we are we on track? Are you okay? Are you happy with are you the getting outcomes? great value out of this? Mm-hmm. I'd probably do it after every session. Was that a value? Ah, uh, oh, that was good. That was really good. Um, and so, it's just a good. So how do we get better at charging? Is that a practice, practice, practice? Is it incremental? Yeah, look, I think we talk, it a, sometimes it, you, you, you just need one client to, to see things that you do work and get the, the evidence that it is of value. I think for some, a lot of advisors, probably revisiting what you have done for a client, like this advisor, who should have had the evidence there, but because they, they one, care about the client so much and focus on doing, 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 that's, they don't stop and revisit the journey and where the client was and going, actually, we've achieved a lot. The other thing we've been doing that seems to work well is having a pricing committee. Yeah, that's a, or, a great or thing or to do. Group pricing. Yeah, I think it's really good to get um, a couple of different people to look at it because often, uh, you know, if anything, we tend to, because human nature, we, we like to please people. And we, uh, I think a, a fear we all have is the clients go, that's ridiculous, or we've overcharged. Um, and when we find what people do that, often they generally the first thing is they undercharge. So it is a really good a good thing to do. So let's move on again. Let's let's we've talked a little bit about positioning and how we can get it wrong or how we can get it right. Yes. And then pricing, sales, and then what I want to spend a little bit of time on this notion of a good advisor. It's like what's the role you're playing. Are you a coach? Are you a mentor? Are you an advisor? How does that? Yeah, I think that's. That I think that's a, a. It's a couple of things. One is when you are positioned with a client, explaining the different roles you will play, and and sometimes it's ask, asking permission. So you know, it, it may be you're facilitating a session, which is you know, well, it might be a business succession session. You you've got family or business people and partners. Uh, your role there is to play a neutral part. To, to get an outcome for the group. Um, and during that, you might go, is it okay if I put my advisor hat on and give you a bit of advice here? Well, what were you physically doing that? Well, I do, because people, often I see people facilitating, next thing they're starting to give their opinions, next thing they're coaching. Yeah. So it's being really clear on what hat or what role you're playing. So it's, it's um, you know, it could be facilitating. It could be, Look, I could tell you, I think you'll get more out of this if I take you to a coaching conversation here so you come to your own conclusion. Are you okay with that? Okay. Or, look, we could spend an hour coaching on this. I've seen this a hundred times. <laughs> Do you want my opinion and I'll advise you here? Yeah. Uh, or it could be even training. Look, before we can even facilitate, I might just take you through a few frameworks that I think will actually help run the meeting more effectively if I can do that. That's training. So we, we wear... Uh, lots of different hats. Even if, for advisors, I may maybe mentoring people in their business. That's a different hat. So being a mentor, but um, I think it, it it also shows to your clients the different skills you have, and you know, so some of the coaching could be around some of the non-financial conversations, which uh, uh, are really as... powerful. Uh, or it could be. Uh, 
you know, succession and, and handing money to kids, or you could just talk about the money and talk about the financial structures, uh, or, or you could talk, talk about values. Yep. What's the family charter and what are our family values? Uh, it could be around expectations. Uh, or it could be about the concept of self-responsibility. Uh, and those can lead into some really rich, meaningful conversations that often have a long-lasting effect on people. I love talking to you, Craney. I love it, I love it. <laughs> tell me, tell me, you've been a, you're a master coach, but tell me what makes a great coach? What makes a great coach? Uh, firstly, no ego. So if it's all about you, uh, you can't coach. Secondly, you've got to be calm. If, if you get emotionally up and down and get attached, and you can't coach if you haven't got calm energy. Uh, the courage, the courage to ask hard questions, there's a skill in that, but being comfortable to, to sometimes get people a bit upset or a bit angry or a bit sad is, is part of coaching. Uh, I wanted, you know, the true coaching framework is, is awareness, which is at a thinking level, to then reflect, which is when people go into emotions, which is okay, to then get them into context choice, a contextual choice back into action. So coaching... You've got to have good emotional intelligence. So if you, you haven't got emotional intelligence and you just have intellectual conversations, that's not coaching. Yeah, and so and quite often people get coaching mixed up with mentoring or advising. Absolutely. Yeah, coaching is a real skill and it's not something you do all the time. You drive people insane. It's pretty intense. Uh, but if you want a real shift in behaviour where you see something that keeps coming up, that's so, when coaching is great. So just quickly, if I with an advisor, let's just overlay that into it. I've got an advisor who's not very good at charging fees. Yep. How do we coach them through that? So we start off with awareness. Awareness. So let's go. Just that, that's a thinking level. Yep. So, you know, and it might be just looking at the profit of their, their business. You know, yep. in business mode, yeah, well, you're not making money right now. Yep. It's actually costing you more to service a client than doing it. Um, so that's the awareness. Then the feeling, the feelings is then reflecting on that. Yep. Give them time to perturbate. Perturbate. Yep. You know, think about your family. Think about what are you doing all this for? Yeah, Love yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And then it's a choice, not a, a content choice, a context choice. So it wouldn't be about what your price is. Are you, are you going to start valuing yourself more? Really? I don't believe you. So you <laughs> challenge people, yeah? Yep. And then, okay, so what's some things in a thinking level for you to actually prove that that's what you want to do? Oh, I hope there's some people out there listening to this. Oh, it's because, because when I coach advisors, this is the big piece for them. Oh, Valuing themselves. Yeah, look, and that's, that's um, geez, I go right back to Maury, my late father, the love scale, you know. On a scale of 10, how much you love yourself or have comps in yourself. It goes up and down. So if I'm a five, I'm probably out of 10, I'm probably not going to charge a premium. Yep. And I'm probably going to take on really good clients because I don't feel I'm worthy of those clients. Yeah. Um, and I'll only take in a little bit of feedback because I don't really believe, you know, you'll deflect compliments. So if we work the high, highest context, you keep working on your self-worth, yes. self-confidence, if you don't want to use the word love, that's the ultimately highest context. And then you'll attract like-minded people. You feel equal. No one's above you or below you. We're all equal. We're just people. I work with people who, you know, financially uh, don't need to work, but they're good people and I can add value to them and they add value to me. I, I don't, and that's the self 
confidence and, and self-worth that's an ongoing challenge. And then obviously surrounding that is then having the right business model, the right services for clients. Yes. Yeah. Being, you know, we often say the difference between your business today and in the future will be the people you meet. Um, so look at the people around you. You know, who are your friends? Who are, the, are they people who want to see you successful and, and, and you know, reach your goals? Or are they people who, who you know, like having a chip at you and hold yeah. your back? And uh, that, I think that all plays a part in it. So it's um, surrounding yourself and being aware of what can you do to keep working on yourself, whether it be your health, your relationships. I, I believe all the, all the lines. You've got to be congruent. I don't have the right to sit in front of people and challenge about stuff that I'm not, you know, working on it myself. I haven't got there in all areas. No, it's a journey. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a juggling, but um, it's, it's the intent. And ultimately, I believe you've got to, you care. People know if you do care about them. Um, I've probably only started to realise that. I love that. That might be a really great way for us to finish up or just do a, just do a quick summary of this. Positioning, key point? Key point around positioning is being aware of what what message cut through. Don't go straight into content. Uh, create context and stories around them. Don't say, oh, I'm a financial advisor. Uh, I'm really good at investing. Talk about, you know, I love providing people with direction. Great. So all about the outcomes, outcomes. not about the doing. Confidence. They're outcomes. Great. Secondly, around, around sales or pricing. Of advice? Yep. If people mention, firstly, you're an expense or a cost, I go, we shouldn't be working together. You see me as a cost or an expense, you don't understand what I do. I'm the best investment you'll ever make. Absolutely. I love that. Yep. I heard a client who actually said he was an expense. I went, it was like a light bulb. I said, please don't ever use that for your investment. That changed his whole mindset. Light bulb moment. Light bulb moment. Expectation around the start of the relationship? Yeah, playing equal, playing equal status. So they're clear on the expectations. They have a view around outcomes and how you're going to look after them. And you also get clear on the expectations you have of them around you know, being on time, around not changing appointments at the last minute, around whether you have the phone on or off. Uh, they're coachable, you don't mind being challenged. Yeah. You know, if, if you're going to help people make big changes you know, in, in their life, you can't, you're not going to sit there and tell them everything they want to hear. Um, and I say to people, I, I will challenge you because I care about making sure you get the outcomes you want. <sighs> Fantastic. That was so good, Crony. Well, it's just about time for that uh, cloud catcher now, It I think. could be time for the cloud <laughs> catcher. What time is that? Oh, it's probably a little bit early here on the Gold Coast. <laughs> Thank you again to our future sponsors. Thank you very, very much. Pleasure. Crony. Great no, to have you here. Good conversation. There's some great light bulb moments for me there. Appreciate it, buddy. Pleasure. Great. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Gap Podcast. We're all about empowering advisors, giving them additional tools for their toolkit to give great advice. Great advice leads to great business frameworks, which leads to great results for the community.